Good morning and happy Monday to you. We are back with a new week of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. It's 7 a.m. and it's very good to be with you. And I have to say, kind of pleasantly overcast this morning. I don't know what it is. Some days I just I love the sunrise. Some days I love when it's overcast out. Let's begin in prayer today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know what I think it is? I think it's that it's the final week of summer vacation for the kids. And, uh, you know, Beth is at home. She had a, a long weekend. It was her weekend to work at the hospital. And she just wanted to sleep in this morning. And the kids, I think, wanted to sleep in this morning. And when you have a pleasantly overcast day, it's a lot easier to sleep in. I mean, the only thing that would make it a little better would maybe be a gentle, a gentle rain this morning. But alas, here we are. And it's very good to be back with you. We had a, a great trip last week, some family time. Um, you know, I, I was reading a an essay by Father Michael Rainier, who's actually going to be on the show with us in about a week or so, talking about intentional family time as a spiritual retreat and how often we say, oh, man, life is just crazy right now. And Oh, the kids or my my spouse or I just want to get away. And we feel like we want to get away from each other because we're driving each other crazy when really that's the call to maybe go away with one another, get away from the noise of the world, get away from the chaos of the world. So, you know, we went down and we, we played the board games and we worked on puzzles and we went to the swimming pool and we cooked together and we ate together and, and we just spent time together. Every last thing we did, except for sleeping from Monday through Thursday, was together. And it was so refreshing for our families. And in many ways, just a great retreat. Prayer together, everything. You know, it was wonderful. Today on the show, we're going to hear about the transfiguration. We're going to hear about reparation to the Sacred Heart. We are going to hear about the wages of sin being death and destruction. Um, We are going to continue our series with Greg Robeson on the seven deadly sins today, talking about envy. That's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Cajetan. Born in 1480, his father died when he was just two years old. His mother was a great model of faith for Cajetan, and he followed in her footsteps. He studied civil and canon law in Padua, and by the age of 24 received his law degree. A few years later, Cajetan was given a post as a diplomat for Pope Julius II and helped reconcile a dispute between the church and Venice. In 1513, after the death of Pope Julius, he answered the call to become a priest and was ordained three years later. In 1522, he went back to Venice after the death of his mother and started a hospital for those with incurable illnesses where care was devoted as much to the spiritual needs as the physical needs of the patient. It was also in Venice that he and three friends decided to attend to the needs of a weakened and ineffective clergy. They formed the Theatines 
And from that group of friends would come Pope Paul IV. In addition to the Theatines, Cajetan worked with St. Jerome Emiliani to found the Congregation of the Clerks Regular dedicated to charitable works, and he even helped start a bank for the poor. He died on this day in 1547. St. Cajetan, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. The B1 Prayer Eternal Father, at the Last Supper, your Son prayed that all who bear His name might be one. Send the Holy Spirit upon us to make us one in Christ. Strengthen our faith in You. Lead us to love one another. Unite our service to our brothers and sisters and join us together as we build your church in our midst. Take away divisions that hinder our unity in Christ, so we may, with one mind and voice, as members of one body, praise and glorify you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Have you ever looked at something that someone else has and said, Oh man, I really want that. I've got to have that. Why, why do they get to have it? And I don't get I'm, I'm going to go get it. I don't know how I'm going to get it, but I'm going to get it. Well, if that's you, that's the deadly sin we're talking about with Greg Robeson today. It's the sin of envy. The corresponding virtue could be kindness. And here to tell us more about kindness and envy is Greg Robeson. Well, Adam, like you, I've got kids, and I get to listen to this on reprise all the time. That's my toy. What are you doing? That's not just. That's not right. <laughs> and maybe we want to put it just on our kids, but we, as adults, we find ways to do this all the time. I know this one creeps up on me, uh, and I might not say it, and it might not come across in all and out, you know, all, out and out like materialism, uh, but inside my heart, it definitely starts to to creep in and and take up space that's reserved for God. And so the key when we're looking at the virtues and vices is not just to look at opposites all the time, it's to, to dig in. What's the spiritual medicine? What's my strategy gonna be to overcome envy? What's gonna be the medicine from the divine physician to help me live a kingdom mindset now? And the saints help us to see in the tradition of the church that acts of kindness are, this is a, a lifestyle. You hear acts of kindness and maybe you think random acts of kindness. I, I know a lot of people will keep gift cards or food in their car for people that they encounter in the streets or for a while it was really popular to buy the food or the person in the drive through line behind you. Um, and it's good to have specific ways in mind so that this, this virtue is something that we can live but it's also a docility to the spirit and being ready almost impulsively you know, prompted by the spirit to do small but heroic kind things in the moment. So we, we need both the uh, random and the planned act of kindness. And that's the spiritual medicine that's going to help us to root out in a very strategic and specific way this vice of of envy and and looking at others with um, suspicion or or jealousy or comparison 
Now, two saints we could go to. One you bring to the table. I'm going to bring another one. You bring St. Elizabeth of Portugal to the table. I'm going to bring St. Ignatius of Loyola, because one of the things you've said recently about envy as part of the medicine, part of the daily living to combat it, is to thank God every day for what you have and for what you don't have. And it sounds an awful lot like that midday examine that St. Ignatius of Loyola brings to us, one that that I advocate for all of the time. But St. Elizabeth of Portugal is who you're bringing to the table. What can we learn from her as we go to her for intercession in this virtue? Yeah, sure. She was targeted because of her piety. And maybe this has happened to you or, you know, I know I've been tempted uh, at times in my life to look at people who I consider pious. They have a lot of outward, visible signs of holiness and the way they pray or that they carry themselves. And, uh, you know, I've made condescending remarks, a look, you know, or thoughts even like, who do they think they are? Uh, or, or maybe this, things like this have been said about, about you. And Elizabeth was ridiculed for her piety and uh, responded to that. This, this is how she lines up for me uh, with, with kindness. So people would look at her, could see her holiness targeted her with malicious words and um she responded with uh kindness people were envious maybe they didn't even know it and her response was to pray for them and and to be kind all right i absolutely love it that is what we're going to say today about envy and kindness the next time we come together we're going to be talking about anger and i think that's a sin that we have all struggled with from time to time, whether we want to admit it or not. Until then, Greg, thanks for being with us today. Prayer in a time of waiting. All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. It's a new week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and here with us is Patty Schneiders. Patty, it's good to be with you again this week. Well, this week we are going to talk about 2,000 years of continuity and how you just got to love it. Lately, I keep pondering one specific aspect of our Catholic faith that I love, and this is it. It's the witness of the early church and how so much of what we do and what we believe can be traced back to the very beginning, to Jesus, to his apostles, and to the first Christians. So this week I'm just going to share some of these tiny details of the early church that just caused me to stop and say, that is incredible. Can you believe we still do that today? So here's the first one. comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. And actually, we read this. It was the second reading on the sixth Sunday of Easter this year. And this is an account of the early church from the very first century, if you think about it. Unbelievable. Here's the passage from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed Christ to them, and there was great joy. They accepted the word, but they had not received the Holy Spirit as yet. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's a quote from Acts of the Apostles. And I thought to myself, to this day, 
Whenever we celebrate the sacrament of confirmation, the same thing happens. The bishop comes, successor to the apostles. He lays hands on them. It's this human physical action, and they receive the Holy Spirit. That was a description of really what happens at confirmation. First, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they were confirmed by a representative of the apostles. And 2,000 years later, the bishop does the exact same thing. You gotta love it. So I'm just going to share all week all these different things where we can just see with awe and wonder this continuity of what we do, yep, can be traced back to the very beginning. Wow, 2,000 years of continuity. You gotta love it. I am looking forward to this week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Well, as always, thanks for being with us today, and uh, I apologize for all of the miscues during the show today. I promise I'll learn how to press the buttons. I'll, I'll do a little tutorial today and uh, come back tomorrow. We'll have a great show with you. I'm looking forward to it as well. We've got some good stuff lined up tomorrow, but you'll just have to tune in then to figure it out. I want to share with you really quickly before we depart something that our new pastor said in his homily, talking about the transfiguration and how we got that glimpse. The, you know, the apostles, the three apostles gathered there, got that glimpse of the glorified Christ, the glorified body of our Lord. And that's something that Father Wade and I talked about about a month and a half, two months ago, that if, if we make it to heaven, the glorified body that we'll enjoy. But Father said in his homily this weekend, every time we give into that temptation for internet pornography or for gossip or for lust or for gluttony, whatever it may be, every time we're giving into those temptations, we're saying no to the mystery of the transfiguration. We're saying no to the foretaste that our Lord gives us through the gospel. So if you need a reason to help you say yes to our Lord and no to temptation, just think of the promise that we get a glimpse of in the transfiguration. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I don't know if my kids are still sleeping, but that gentle rain, I said it wouldn't it couldn't get any better unless there was a gentle rain. It's fallen outside right now, and so I'm going to say thanks to the Lord for that. In the meantime, I'm going to remind you what the Blessed Mother wants us to remember from her apparition at Fatima, and that is to pray your rosary today.